Hello, everybody, and welcome back to episode number two of the Back to Maction podcast. I'm your host, Christian Boer, and we have not one but two co-hosts today. Um, the first is Jack Gleckler. He'll be here with me every week from the Athens Post at Ohio University. And the second is Lucas Nelson, our special guest today from Miami of Ohio. Lucas, before we get started, why don't you just give the listeners a little intro and background on how you got into journalism and how you ended up at Miami, Ohio. Yeah, uh, so like Christian said, my name is Lucas Nelson. I'm from uh, Northeast Ohio, so about an hour south of Cleveland. And uh, I decided to go to Miami just because my older sister was there and I just really liked it. And going in there, I actually majored in statistics. Um, And kind of as a middle schooler, I was really into sports journalism. But then as a high schooler, I kind of shifted to math. But then I took a math class in college. And I was like, no, this just isn't for me. And I signed up for Journalism 101. And I just really loved it. And uh, one of the teacher's assistants in the class was the sports editor for the Miami student, which is the student newspaper at Miami. Uh, So I just had a conversation with him and started writing and here I am. Well, there you go. Um, You know, we've, we've all kind of taken different journeys, but we've all ended up at the same place. We're going to talk some Mac football with you here tonight as we get ready for week number one. But before we do that, a big shout out to the people over at the college football student media poll, our guy, Patrick Feltz, who produced the last episode. He'll likely be the guy again this week and probably uh, for the foreseeable future. So huge thanks to him and everything that he's put together over there. Uh, But Without any further ado, guys, it's week one. And a lot of what comes with week one is these mid-American conference teams begin by games. And so it might not be the greatest week on paper for the Mac, but at the end of the day, you get a lot of really good experience out of games like that. I want to start with you, Jack. You had some pretty big news coming out of Ohio. Looks like the Bobcats and Coach Tim Elvin have named a starting quarterback. Yep, yep. Uh, it seems like they've made their decision. Curtis Rourke is QB one for week one against Syracuse, which I think is going to be, I don't think it was unexpected. It was pretty expected. You know, I've seen Curtis in practice at fall camp. You know, he's very, I've seen him last year. He started, if not all three games, two of the three games at the very least last season. No, he was, he got the starting position, like, well, sort of starting position. He alternated with Armani Rogers quite frequently. You know, he's a very strong quarterback. He's got a cannon of an arm, like absolutely insane, insane, like throwing distance, receiving yards. He's thrown last year, Uh, kind of went down in the last game for Ohio a little bit with a small collarbone with a small uh, shoulder injury to his non non throwing arm, but recovered beautifully in the offseason. I've seen him in practice. He's put on a lot of weight. He's grown up a little bit. He's been working on his rushing abilities a little bit. That was kind of weak last year. Uh, he's really rounding out very strongly for his redshirt sophomore season as a very, very, which I predict he will be a very, very, very dominant quarterback this season. Yeah, you know, that's interesting because they did have that dynamic with Armani Rogers last year. Armani's ba- Ar- Armani, excuse me, is back again this year. Uh, Jack, how do you see that dynamic kind of developing? I mean, is this Curtis's job uh, for good or are we going to see that same kind of two quarterback system uh, this weekend and then, you know, in the coming weeks. From how I've spoken with Coach Tim Album, he seems still very dedicated to the two-quarterback system as far as 
I'm aware, you know, there could be stuff we don't, we don't know about yet. If there, if this might be a full-time commitment, but I do believe that, uh, you know, Armani Rogers is still predicted to, you know, see a lot of playing time this season. You know, maybe if the season go, maybe if he has a bit of an off season this year, he may be sidelined a little bit, but definitely Alvin is still very dedicated to, you know, getting both of them top, both of them significant playing time this season. So while Curtis has the starting position, I feel like Armani will still get a lot of significant time because he is also like they're working with two very, very talented quarterbacks in two very different aspects. Curtis is a phenomenal, phenomenal passer. Armani is a phenomenal rusher, rusher, and with a very decent arm too, too. It's just that Curtis has the cannon. Like it's a hard decision to make. And, you know, it really could have gone either way. It leaned a little bit towards Curtis, you know, going through fall camp a little bit from what I saw. But, you know, again, decisions can be made. Maybe Armani might start a couple games this season, too. Yeah, let's hope that the Rourke family doesn't get sick of watching their kids playing quarterback on Friday and Saturday nights. Uh, Lucas, want to move over to you. Uh, your Miami, Ohio Redhawks have a pretty big one this week. Um, headed to Cincinnati, a top 10 team uh, consensus. Um one of the interesting dynamics there is at the quarterback position uh, two years ago when Miami, Ohio won the Mac, Brett Gabbert was the quarterback freshman of the year in the conference. And then last season he goes down and AJ Mayer in his place performs pretty well. So, you know, what's your read on the quarterback situation there and what are your expectations heading into week one? Uh, yeah, I think that uh, coach Chuck Martin sees them more as really like a one a and one B rather than true one, two. I think right now Brett is the clear starter, but I think that if he goes down again, I think that uh, Coach Martin is pretty confident that Mayer can step in and not really drop a beat. I think that as players, they're pretty similar. I think that Mayer physically is a little bit more gifted in terms of his arm and his legs, but I think that just the way they play is pretty similar. So I think it's easy for Mayer to step in you know, when needed, if Gabbert, if something happens to Gabbert. Do you think Coach Martin could potentially adopt a two-quarterback system, or uh, do you think that their skill sets are a little too similar for that? Um, yeah, I think – I do think their skill sets are just a little bit too similar for that. Uh, and I, I honestly think that Gabbert will just perform well enough to not really need that. Yeah, you know, that is really interesting to follow because, you know, with him – it was, it was looking like he was going to be the guy in the Mac. You know, Jack and I talked a little bit about this last week with quarterbacks that have come through the Mac. I mean, you're talking Dan LaFever, Jordan Lynch, all those guys. Um, and it kind of looked like Brett Gabbert was next in line, and then he goes down with an injury. And I think some people have kind of forgotten about just how good he can be within this conference. Staying in that Mac East, Akron was dealt a pretty heavy blow. Starting running back Tion Dollard, who ran for over 600 yards last season, uh, in the shortened season, is no longer with the team. Um, it looked like there was a little bit of an off-field issue early on in the year, and then that has carried over to, to the fall. And he's not with the team anymore. Jack, I want to start with you. How does this affect Akron, a team that really needed a player like Dollard to continue their upward trend as a program? Where does this leave them now? You know, in a very, you know, in a very top-heavy MAC East division, I'd say, you know. Akron kind of needs all the boost he can get. Just uh, Dollard was a phenomenal running back for them last season. And just kind of missing out with him this season is going to, it will hamper them significantly. And it will probably put them in the, it will keep them in the bottom of the 
Mackey's division, I think this season is, but you know, they'll keep hovering around Bowling Green. Maybe they, maybe they might slip behind Bowling Green. I don't know if it'll get that drastic, but it might come to that. Maybe Dollard was a huge piece for them. Yeah. Lucas carrying it over to you now. Um, like, like Jack mentioned, the Mac East is very top heavy. You know, you've got four, you know, if you want to count Buffalo first year with a new coach. So it's kind of uncertain where they're at. Um, and then you've kind of got Akron and Bowling Green hovering at the bottom. Um, how big of a setback do you think that this is? And, and do you think there's still a chance that Akron could potentially play spoiler down the line, even without a player in it like Dollard? Yeah. I mean, I think it's a huge loss and I think, you know, that just really takes away just their margin for error in this conference. And I was listening to you guys last week saying, you know, maybe Akron could, you know, deliver a haymaker to a team like Miami. But I think without him, I think it's just really not in the cards anymore. Yeah, you know, I think it's it's tough because you look at this roster and every single player listed at the running back position for Akron is either a freshman or a redshirt freshman. And they had one guy, John Zell Norrells, that carried the ball last season. He only carried the ball seven times for 30 yards and one touchdown. So you're taking away the feature back at this point with the zips. Um, obviously, Cato Nelson can still shoulder a little bit of that load in the run game. But at the end of the day, you need a guy, you need a bell cow back who can carry the ball you know, two downs out of three and, and get three yards of carry and help you move the chain. So yeah, it's going to be really tough for Akron. So kind of moving along now, we've got a new segment, new segment alert here on the back to Action podcast. We're going to call it the pick six. And basically, I mean, it is what it, what it sounds like. Uh, Jack and I are going to welcome on a guest each week and together the three of us are going to pick six games. Now, it's going to become pretty easy in the Mid-American Conference portion of the season because there'll simply be six games to pick. However, as we get through non-conference play, we have a little bit of sorting out to do. And for that reason, we kind of went through and picked out six games that we'd like to pick. And we're going to start with our three respective schools. Lucas, we're going to start with you and Miami at Cincinnati. We'll go to you first. What are your thoughts on this game? Uh, I mean, just looking on paper, it's it's hard to see Miami and Cincy matching up, but I think one key for Miami, if they were to plot an upset, is getting to Desmond Ritter and either you know, sacking him or keeping him contained in the pocket. And I do think they have the personnel to do that, but I think at the end of the day, just Cincy is too much, so I would pick Cincinnati in this one. Jack, what are your thoughts? I'd have to agree with Lucas. Uh, you know, Cincy is very Cincy. You know, Cincy is Cincy. They're a ranked team for a reason. You know, student media poll and AP poll. Otherwise, you know, I I'd hate to you know discredit Miami, but I just believe that Cincinnati has the dominant thing, dominant play going into this game. I think Cincinnati's going to take it. Yeah, I have to agree with both of you guys. Um, this is a Cincinnati, the team that's looking to prove that they belong in conversation for the college football playoff. And and you don't make that statement by going out and beating Miami of Ohio by 10 points. So I think that they're going to try and make a statement. I think they're going to throw everything they've got early at Miami. And if Miami can take that punch and keep going, uh, this thing could get interesting. But I'd have to say right now that my pick goes with the Bearcats. Moving on to what's probably the best game of this um, 
week one non-conference slate, it's Ohio hosting Syracuse. Jack, we'll start with you. What are your thoughts heading into that one? Going to this game, it's oh, it's I've milled over it so hard. It's so difficult to tell who's really favored in this in this game. Some of the odds favor Ohio, some favor Syracuse. Really, it's just it's such a close game. You know, you've got Tim Albin in his first season as head coach looking to prove and start the season, start his first season at Ohio as leading Ohio off on a good note. And it's coming against Dino Babers, who's a former Mid-American Conference coach himself, coached Bowling Green to a Mid-American Conference championship in 2015. Uh, coach Syracuse is coming off a tough season. They looking to bounce back. They're hungry for a better season. And this is a very back and forth in between team. You know, Syracuse is also working with a two quarterback system, sort of, uh, you know, they're working with quarterbacks, Tommy DeVito and uh, Mississippi state transfer Garrett Schrader. Uh, while uh, DeVito is currently at the top of the depth chart, Babers has said that he's looking to get Schrader's a lot of some playing time too. So really I feel like this is going to be a game of four quarterbacks. It's going to be Curtis and Armand, Curtis Rourke and Armani Rogers on Ohio. And it's going to be Tommy DeVito and it's going to be Garrett Schrader for Syracuse. I do think, though, that Ohio, Ohio can inch it out. They've got a great offensive line that will give, you know, uh, Curtis and Armani lots of time to react, give them a lot of work, give them a lot of safety. I feel like the offense will explode. You know, Demontre Tuggles looking to have his best seat, looking like he will have his best season of his career at Ohio right now. And I think just by an inch, I think Ohio is going to inch it out. Lucas, what do you think? Um, you know, I'm going to have to agree with Jack just for two reasons uh, besides what all he just said. I just, number one, it's in Peden Stadium, and that's just going to give them a huge advantage. Uh, number two, I just really don't think Syracuse has an identity yet. I just really think that as for as long as Babbers has been there, they just really haven't been a cohesive team. So I just really think that a team like OU can beat them, especially when they're at home. Yeah, no, and you know, it's bad radio for everybody to agree and things like that, but I'm going to have to stick with you guys on this one just because Ohio is, you know, this kind of seems like a game that fans have been sitting on for a while. You know, you can't have fans last season, um, and I think that everybody's just super stoked to get back out there at Peden Stadium. I think that Ohio's got a lot of guys intact. You know, that course coming back, you've got Tuggle, you've got your two quarterbacks, um, I just think that they're going to be too much. I think, like you said, Lucas, Syracuse is kind of searching for its identity and for that reason, giving the Bobcats. Uh, moving on to our, our third school represented, my school, Central Michigan, traveling to Missouri, an SEC school. Um, I'll start with this one. And I, you know, there's, there's reasons to be optimistic uh, heading into this one for Central Michigan. You know, you've got plenty of talent at the skill guys and uh, Khalil Pimpleton, Jacoy Sullivan, those kind of guys, but it all comes back to the guy throwing the ball. That's, you know, we don't know yet. We don't know who's going to be the quarterback. There's three guys in the running, uh, Jacob Sermon, Daniel Richardson, Tyler Pape. Coach McElwain hasn't named a starter. I don't think he will leading up to the game. Uh, you know, if this comes out Thursday, we're supposed to meet with Jim on Wednesday. And if, you know, I'll eat crow if, uh, if I'm wrong on that take, but I'm almost certain, you know, it's kind of hip to hide your quarterback until uh, game day. So I don't think they name a starter. I think all three of them play and, and to be short and sweet with it, I think Missouri rolls pretty handily. Lucas, what do you think? Uh, yeah, I'm going to have to agree with you. I think Missouri is going to win this game. Jack? 
Oh, God. I think for the sake of being a contrarian and also for the sake of good podcasting, I may just for a hot take, my hot take for the week, I think Central Michigan might be able to inch it out against Missouri. Oh, wow. Oh, there you go. Yeah. You got your first bold take of the Back to Match and pa- podcast. I'm just waiting to get proved wrong. I'm just waiting to prove wrong. <laughs> uh, moving along, um, we've got a head coach making his Mid-American Conference debut over in Buffalo with head coach Maurice Linguist. And Buffalo will host Wagner at 7 p.m. on Thursday. Just real quick running through this one. Jack, what you got? Buffalo versus Wagner. Oh, God. Why'd you have to start with me? Uh, I'll be honest. I'm not, I'm not really sure. Uh, you know, it's hard, you know, Buffalo is missing a lot of pieces this season. You know, Jared Patterson's gone. It's a lot of new coaches. It's a new head coach. It's, there's a lot of what ifs that what this season might, what this season might bring. I'm not sure what might happen, but I still think Buffalo is still a very good team. It's a mid-American conference team. You can't really put that against them. Honestly, I think Buffalo, I, you know, as much as, as much as the what ifs we still have about Buffalo this season, I still think they'll be able to pull it off. I Wagner it's Wagner. I believe Buffalo will still beat Wagner by a significant margin. Lucas, what you got? Uh, yeah, I have Buffalo winning this one and I'm going to make a bold prediction my own here, which is that Kevin Marks will become the best running back in the conference this year. Well, there you go. Uh, another big time take here on the Back to Action podcast. This is why you listen, folks, to get rewarded with takes like this. Um, I'm going to I'm going to third that prediction. I'm going to give Buffalo the win on this one. I think Mo Linguist does a good job setting the tone for a Buffalo program that's still, even with a new coach, not that far away from contention. Moving along to what might be the most uh, exciting under the radar matchup simply because of how good this team's offense is. We've got Kent state at Texas A&M and I'll start with this one. I think Texas A&M wins it in short, but don't be surprised if Kent state hangs anywhere between 28 and 42 on A&M just, just simply because how good this offense is. Lucas, I'll go to you next. What you got? You know, I want to give a bold prediction for this one, especially how good Kent State's offense is. But at the end of the day, I just don't see them beating Texas A&M. I'm going to have to go with A&M. Jack? I hate to sound like a broken record, especially, you know, it's – I feel like we almost understate how good Kent State's offense is because it's not just good. It's explosive and it's dangerous. And it can it'll prove a really big threat for Texas A&M this week, I think. However – I don't think they'll have enough to really carry them all the way. I think Texas A&M will still win, but I think it'll be a close game. Yep, there you go. There's our five, and then we've got one more, and this one kind of hits a little bit more closer to home with me as opposed to these other two guys. We've got Western Michigan at Michigan, and again, I'll take this one to start. Um, You know, as somebody who's been growing up in a family that bleeds maize and blue – What's going on over in Ann Arbor is kind of difficult to follow, difficult to watch. Uh, Jim Harbaugh's kind of on the hot seat over there, and that's why I think this Western Michigan team is going to come in there, and they're going to win the football game. They're going to go into the big house, and they're going to just wreck some hearts. There's my bold take for the week. I think the Broncos 
come into the big house. I think that a lot of the hype surrounding Michigan quarterback Cade McNamara is I, I, I can't find a word or a term better to describe it than recency bias. He had a really good game against Rutgers um, and looked okay against Penn State before he hurt his shoulder in that last game of the year. So, I mean, I just, until I'm proven otherwise, I'm just not sold. And Western Michigan is a team notorious for making things interesting with teams um, that are better than them. And I think that this is no different. I think the Broncos cover for sure. And I'm going to pick them to win the game. Jack, what do you think? You know, it may just be me growing up as an Ohio State fan speaking here, but I have to agree with a lot of you on with you a lot on a lot of those points. Western Michigan is they know how to make a game interesting and they keep the game interesting and they keep it close. Again, their offense is very productive. I feel like, again, like you said, Harbaugh is kind of in the hot seat. Michigan is look, looking a little so-so, so-so enough to maybe lose to Western Michigan in the MAC. Maybe, you know, I think, you know, if Western Michigan plays its card right and all the things fall into place, I think Western Michigan can probably get a good victory here. Lucas, what you got? Yeah, uh, Jack, I'm a fellow Ohio State fan, but that being said, I think I've got to pick Michigan here. I just think that all the talk that a lot of Michigan players and Harbaugh have heard about, you know, him falling off and the program falling off, I really think that will be just a lot of motivation for them coming into this season. So I think Michigan's going to win. It certainly will be interesting to follow. And of course, me being a Michigander in here, I had to I had to get my two cents on Harbaugh out the way. You won't hear much of that from me again. So, I think that's all we've got here. Before we wrap it up, Lucas, where can listeners find your work? Uh, they can find my work on uh, the Miami Student website, which is MiamiStudent.net, uh, and they can follow me on Twitter at Lucas the Dream. Awesome. And Jack, while we're at it, why don't you go ahead and plug your socials as well? All right, everyone, anyone who wants to follow along for Ohio football this season can check out mine and my assistant editor, uh, assistant editor and football beat writer Eli Fizel's work at thepost.com or thepostathens.com or under the sports section in the football tab. Football tab. My Twitter handle is at the Jack Gleckler, T-H-E-J-A-C-K-G-L-E-C-K-L-E-R. Awesome. And then while we're at it, I'm Christian Boer with Central Michigan Life. You can find all of our work at cmlifeandlife.com. And you can find me on Twitter at cboer underscore. That's at C-B-O-O-H-E-R underscore. Well, that's going to do it for this episode of the Back to Maction podcast. And once again, thank you for listening. And let's get some action.